There are over 7 billion Google searches for the question, are we in the end time? On this edition of End of the Age, I will use recent headlines to provide, let's say, 15 or 20 proofs. We are, in fact, living in the end time. So stay tuned for another exciting rapid-fire prophecy update. You're listening to an End of the Age replay. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. You know, we say we're in the end time all the time. And, um, you know, most of you probably understand when we say the end time, you know what we're talking about. The, The time of the end of human government here on the earth. And just prior to the time when the Lord will come back to establish His kingdom here on the earth. We're living in the times just prior to that event. The end of the age here. And I looked on the internet this morning, just typed in, what is the end time or are we in the end time? And there were over 7 billion searches for that. So somebody's interested in it, right? I mean, there's only about 8 billion people on the earth. So... What I wanted to do was every morning I get probably, I don't know, 50 or 60 articles, I would say, on an average of things around the world pertaining to the end time. Now, there are many more than that, but I probably get in my inbox at least 50 or 60. And so what I did, I just thought, well, hey, I'll go through as many as I can on today's program, letting everybody know that we are, in fact, in the end time, and how these current events you, uh, show prove that we are, in fact, living in the end time. So, let, without further ado, let me go down through here and get as many as I can done. I think I've got 15 or 20 here, uh, and I had to weed out. Let's see, which ones don't I talk about today, because I had so many. Let me see how many we can get through today. So, number one. The socialist alternative, you understand that the Bible prophesies the the mentality of the end time world government in the end time will be socialistic or communistic, a red beast, a red seven-headed ten-horned beast. Well, this article from the socialist alternative says, a socialist world is possible. What is socialism and how could we win it? Well, Revelation states, and the Bible says, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. Revelation 6, 3-4. So we know from Zechariah chapter 6, verse 1-8, through 8, that the four horsemen of the apocalypse in Revelation 6 are actually the uh, spirits that go forth from the heavens to control the ideologies of mankind in the end time. The white horse, the first seal, was a, is Catholicism. The red horse, communism or socialism. 
the black horse, capitalism, and the, the final horse, the pale horse, or green horse, is Islamism. Now, consider what spirit would represent a red horse. Think about that. There is an international spirit which influences what people believe, how they live, what they do. The red spirit, red, red China, red Russia, red Romania, it's communism. Communism is commonly associated with the color red. The Bible says that these ideologies would control the, the, the spirits would control the ideologies of mankind just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now here we have a, a, an article from today saying, hey, a socialist world is possible. Here's how we do it. The, these two ideologies are synonymous, this communism and socialism. Communism is the political ideology. Socialism is the economic system that works hand in hand with communism. You say, but Dave, there's no way that a a total socialistic world is possible. The United States is the last great holdout. Well, I understand that. And I believe that we are. Even, Even Israel is socialistic in many ways. And they're trying to Many of the socialists in America are trying to destroy America as we speak. I just saw where our um, petroleum reserve that Joe Biden is trying to deplete, or that I should say he is depleting, that uh, our reserves, that if we were to try to fill that back up as much as he's taken out of that, if we were to try to fill that up, at, at a record pace, it would take us three years to fill back up what Joe Biden has let come out of our strategic petroleum reserve. You understand that? What is he doing to America? He's trying to destroy it is what he's doing. And I think he wants to build back better, all right, to build back better in the name of socialism and communism because he's a globalist. And they are all socialistic or communist. And the Bible says that's going to be the belief system in the end time. Thankfully, we understand the prophecies of the Bible that the United States will not be fully engaged in that entity and will stand with Israel all the way to the end. How does that play out? How how do we get from here to there? I don't know. But I know what the prophecies say are going to happen. But you say, well, communism here in the United States? And I've also had people tell me, oh, no, socialism and communism, they have nothing to do with each other. Really? In 2005, the National Committee of the Communist Party USA, yes, you heard that correctly, we do have a Communist Party USA that's been here for decades. In 2005, the Communist Party USA approved the final text of their party program. And I want to read from you a few excerpts from that text because it clearly reveals their intentions. Now, for some that would say, oh, socialism has nothing to do with communism, Listen closely. The struggles, and I'm quoting from their party platform, the struggles for the immediate demands and reforms needed by working people today are essential steps towards our ultimate goal of the revolutionary transformation of society and the economy. Toward Now, this is the Communist Party USA. They say toward socialism and then communism. They go on to say, and I'm still quoting here, communists advocate socialism as the first phase of a new stage of society, but we don't think that social and economic development will end at socialism. In other words, let's try to get a hold of the economy first. 
then we'll implement communism. They say we see socialist society eventually leading to a higher phase communism where the capitalist class and all classes will have disappeared. And finally, they say the Communist Party USA's role will include agitation and propaganda for a fully developed socialist society on the way to communism. The Bible says in the last days, socialism would be one of the main ideologies on the planet. And now we have articles saying, hey, a socialistic world is possible. Here's how we do it. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800 endtime It's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy of Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. You're listening to an End of the Age replay. You know, everybody, we're living in the end time. It's so easy to prove that. And there are a lot of people interested, right? Seven billion searches for the question, what Are we in the end time? So, socialism, globally, prophesied in the Bible, and they're pushing it, pushing it, pushing it as we speak. They need to do away with the capitalist belief system to implement socialism. And that's why the United States is one of the last great holdouts for that. Also, and what I'm going to do is bounce from prophecy to prophecy. There's so many of them I want to cover today. Uh, that I'll have to do that. So let's go to World War III. Do you understand that the this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy, but the Bible only prophesies of three world wars in the end time. Armageddon is not a world war. 
But the Bible does talk about three world wars. It talks about World War I, which is the first trumpet, World War II, which is the second trumpet, and then the sixth trumpet will be, is a world war. Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. The Bible says, Then the sixth angel sounded. I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates, and the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour a day, a month and a year, for to slay the third part of men. Other translations say a third of all the world's population. A third of all of mankind. Now, of course there are, you know, with the Bible prophesying this for the end time, it's, again, it's a 2,000 year old prophecy, but when you look at this, and we look at the prophecies of World War I and World War II in Revelation 8, and then we come to the Sixth Trumpet War, we know this is going to be a World War III. And we've been talking about it for years. But it wasn't even possible to be fulfilled until the first and second trumpet occurred back in what? 1914 to 1918 and 1938 to 1945. Now, here we are in 2022, and they're talking about a World War III. Bloomberg says, just how close are we to World War III exactly? The Daily Star, don't let world leaders pull us through World War III. The Town Hall, Biden's bumbling and stumbling could start World War III. And listen, there are many, many articles on the potential for a World War III to start in Russia, Ukraine, World War III to start China, Taiwan, World War III to start between United States, Israel, and Iran. World War III, they're preaching it, they're beating the, drum, the, the um, drums of war, and here we are. It's a 2,000-year-old it's a prophecy, and it's going to happen before very long. Now, the next prophecy, world government and world religion, a union of politics and religion in the end time. Prophet Daniel Uh, This is 2,500 plus years ago. The prophet Daniel was given a vision of four beasts that represented kingdoms or nations that would exist at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ when the God of heaven would come back to establish His kingdom here on the earth. The four beasts described in Daniel 7, uh, 4-7 were modern nations and... The, and the, the modern nations they symbolize are a lion with eagle's wings, Great Britain and the United States, a bear, which is Russia, a four-headed leopard, which is Germany, and a ten-horned beast, the reborn Holy Roman Empire, or the um, current European Union. Jump over to Revelation. Uh, John uses these same symbols of nations to describe the end-time world government. In John's account, this would be uh, chapter 13, the four separate beasts or or nations of Daniel 7 have federalized into a one large combo beast, which symbolizing the world governing body. And if you were to read the prophecy, it would sound something like this, and the interpretation. John said, and I stood upon the sand of the sea and I saw a beast, not four beasts, but now it's one single beast. I saw it rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. 
upon his horns, which would symbolize the um, European Union, were ten crowns. Upon, his, the, upon the head, its heads, the name of blasphemy. Upon, and the beast, which I saw, was like unto a leopard, Germany. Feet is the feet of the bear, Russia. Mouth is the mouth of the lion, Great Britain. And the dragon, or Satan, gave it its seat, power, and great authority. That's Revelation uh, 13, 1 through 2. So all this is, is a 2,000-year-old prophecy of a world government that we can see being established as we speak. The Bible prophesies, um, the, the prophecies foretell the establishment of also of a global religious system in the end time. And if you move on down through Revelation 13, that's exactly what it is. Revelation 13, 11 through 15. According to Scripture, the leader of this whole, it's really going to be a deceitful organization. The Bible says he's going to use deception and different things to woo people away from God into the arms of the Antichrist and miracles and all kinds of things. He'll be deceiving people. But this entity will have two objectives. Number one, unite the world's religions under a one belief system of tolerance. Let's just all get along. Your religion is good for you. Mine's good for me. This guy's is good for him. It's all right. We're all going to make it to the, the uh, afterworld somehow. And number two, this individual use his position to influence all of their adherents of this world religious system to align with and pledge allegiance to the prophesied end-time world government and the leader of that who will be the Antichrist. The things we watch going on in the news right now are religious leaders who are already pushing global agendas on the religions of the world. This world religion is really in the latter stages of its formation. And the world's most recognized religious leaders are beseeching the world to commit and adhere to the global governing efforts, sustainable development goals, many things like that, of the United Nations. And, oh, human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. We need even churches to be preaching this. That's what they want. And it's the seat. Which and preaching the advocating for world government, which is the, um, the United Nations, is the seat of that world government in the earth today. Now, when we're talking about this union of politics and religion, which will be in power, I mean, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth. Now, what are we doing? We're proving that we're in the end time. Cision, the uh, it, which is a news source. They published an article. Now, most of these are from the last couple days, folks. The Council for Inclusive Capitalism, this is the title of the article, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican, a new alliance of global business leaders launches today. I think this article may be from a, a, a little while back. But the Council for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican, or the Council, a historic new partnership between some of the world's uh, largest investment and business leaders at the Vatican, you can see politics and religion working together here, it launched. It signifies the urgency of joining moral and market imperatives to reform capitalism into a power force 
for the good of humanity. What they want to do is to take us from shareholder capitalism, which is what built America, to stakeholder capitalism, which is governmental influence in businesses. Under the moral guidance of Pope Francis and his uh, and Cardinal Peter Turkson, who leads the dicastery for the promoting um, integral human development at the Vatican, and inspired by the moral imperative of all faiths, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism invites companies of all sizes to harness the potential of the private sector to build a fair, more inclusive, and sustainable economic foundation for the world. Now, I know that's a mouthful, but once you understand what they're trying to do, it's religion, one of the major religions of the world, partnering with a world-governing efforts to push the sustainable development goals and move us towards socialism. Now, you got to get through a lot of different political jargon and everything to get down to that. But I've studied this in great detail. The Council for Inclusive Capitalism is led by Linda Forster Rothschild. You know, you understand the Rothschilds, the European banking family. Well, it, they, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism's website states this. This is their goal. We map our members' commitments to action against existing frameworks for change, including that we're working right alongside the World Economic Forum and their International Business Council's pillars for sustainable value creation, people, planet, principles of governance, and prosperity, and they're both working to push the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs. The Sustainable Development Goals are the socialistic blueprint of the United Nations to govern every single person on the planet. So now you've got Pope Francis working right alongside the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, which is ran by Linda Forster Rothschild, who is with the Rothschild's, uh, um, a fa- the family member of the Rothschild's banking um, conglomerate in Europe, and, what, and they're pushing the sustainable development goals. So you've got religion, politics, and they're, they're both an entity. The World Economic Forum is also one of the entities, uh, a, a um, kind of like a, a entity that works with the United Nations. They're all pushing world-governing ideologies. Revelation 17.3 says, in, um, John was carried away in the spirit into the wilderness... And he saw a woman set on a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman here in Revelation 17 is the false religious system in the end time. Mystery Babylon will be the head of that. Then you have the red seven-headed ten-horned beast. The seven-headed ten-horned beast, I just read it in Revelation 13, 1 through 2. That's the world governing body. Revelation 17, 3, John said, I saw a red, a scarlet-colored beast. Seven-headed, ten-horned beast. What I just proved to you a little while ago, what the red is significant of or symbolizes. Socialism or communism. So this end-time world governing body will be a, and the world religion will be unified into a, uh, into, um, a, a politics and religion alliance, and it will be socialistic. The ideology will be a socialistic, communistic uh, mindset. So what we're watching here is a precursor to the end-time union of politics and religion. 
You say, well, are you saying Pope Francis is the, is the false prophet? No, I'm saying whoever the Pope is at the time when the Antichrist is revealed, he will be the false prophet. And I'm just saying these, we're watching precursors to this union. We're already seeing it being established. The Antichrist is only going to have three and a half years to reign. And so when he comes to power, it, it's already going to be moving and he's just going to come to power and start running the world government. Okay? World War III will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. When the nations of the world will yield up their sovereignty and their armies to this world governing body, and that way we will move into a fully functioning world governing body, the Antichrist will take control of that, align himself with the world religion, and here we go off into the final three and one half years, uh, which is known as the Great Tribulation. That's what's just ahead of us, everybody. And we're watching precursors of this stuff in the news as we speak. Okay, now let's talk about um, ESG, this environmental, social, and governance, which is pushing a social credit score onto businesses, and it comes from the United Nations, which is world government. It's simply pushing the edicts of the world government into the businesses in the United States. Fox Business said that 19 states are investigating major U.S. banks for pushing ESG policies that are killing America's companies. Now, I I asked a a business friend of mine, he owns a pretty big business, and I said, hey, do you have to give ESG reporting, uh, these reporting uh, measures? And he said, yeah, I absolutely do. And so, in this article from Fox, 19 Republican-led states are launching an investigation into these six large U.S. banks that will examine their involvement in the United Nations Net Zero Banking Alliance. Always remember that, because that's what's pushing, a lot of what's pushing this ESG in America, these reporting methods. And they say that they're killing American companies. The states are led by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, and they oppose the UN's and ESG, the Environmental, Social, and Governance um, policies that require banks in the alliance to set carbon dioxide emissions reduction targets in their lending investment portfolios to, in an effort to reach this net zero emissions by 2050. The, the United Nations is working towards that. So they're going to push these banks or these businesses to comply with that. So many of America's largest banks and, and these investment managers like BlackRock, which we've talked about for, before in the, um, all of this real estate buy-up and with the Federal Reserve funneling money through them to buy up all this real estate, and these big tech companies like Microsoft have pledged to use ESG scores to help transform society and to get it to align with the numerous left-wing goals including those of the Biden administration. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You're listening to an end of the age replay. So what are these banks that these um, senators are looking into and trying to keep them from uh, implementing these ESG, this social credit score on these banks? It's really, it, it could really destroy some businesses or because it's, it's basically, um, this social credit score is saying, hey, how are you going to line up with the edicts that are coming from the United Nations? Well, the banks are the Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo. They were, ser- they were served Wednesday by the states with civil investigative demands, which acts as a subpoena for the requested information. And the states, um, again, led by... Uh, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, they take issue with the UN's environmental, social governance, ESG policies. These civil investigative demands include um, identifying which global climate initiatives each bank is affiliated with, which groups or divisions within the banks are responsible for ESG implementation, and to what extent the bank CEOs have been involved, among others. So again, remember, the net Zero Banking Alliance. It's a massive worldwide agreement by major banking institutions overseen by the United Nations to starve companies engaged in fossil fuel-related activities of credit on um, national and international markets. These uh, Missouri farmers, oil leasing companies, other business uh, businesses that are vital to Missouri's and America's economy are going to be unable to get a loan because of this alliance if this thing keeps going. That's what Schmidt told Fox News. And he said, we are leading a coalition, a coalition investigating banks for ceding authority to the United Nations, is what they're claiming, which will only result in the killing of American companies that don't subscribe to this woke climate agenda. These banks are accountable to American laws. We don't let international bodies set the standards for our businesses, Schmidt said. So Missouri, what are these states? Missouri, Arizona, Kentucky, Texas, 
are states that are taking the lead in the investigation. Other states that are participating include Arkansas, Indiana, uh, Kansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Montana, Nebraska, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, and there are four other states who can't be named uh, due to confidentiality requirements. So requests for comment on the probe were not immediately turned uh, returned Wednesday by the Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo. J.P. Morgan Chase declined to comment. So these ESG policies have been scrutinized recently by top policymakers across the country. And the Heritage Foundation, many of you might recognize them, they are a conservative think tank. They launched a campaign last month against these ESG policies that it says are being used by the left as a social credit score. Are you lining up? If not, we can't do business with you. And they're going to be used to force businesses and financial institutions to adopt progressive ideologies across the globe. Now, aren't you thankful there are people that are fighting this? But what I'm saying is that they're pushing world government ideologies. The Bible prophesies in the end time there's going to be a world government that will be eventually be ran by the Antichrist and it's going to have socialistic or communistic ideologies. And this is what we're seeing taking place as we speak. These ESG is social credit scores. It's forcing businesses into compliance with the edicts of the United Nations and their human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change propaganda, which is a complete hoax to begin with. All they're trying to do is to control businesses here in the United States. So, you have to excuse me, I got a cold today, and so uh, dealing with some throat issues here. Now, let me jump to another article. Again, there's no way I'm going to get through all of this today, but I've got so many articles, and I had to weed out probably 25 or 30 articles, you guys. So, all Israel news. They said a red heifer sacrifice could take place in one year. Well, of course, they said the sacrifice of a red heifer could take place on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem as early as 13 months from now. Well, you guys, I've reported on the red heifers that showed up in Israel that were born here in Texas and the prophetic significance of that. But this is all in the news right now. Israel is reporting like crazy on these red heifers. They're about a year old. They'd have to get just over two years old. If they did, if one of them, they could sacrifice that animal in the purification sacrifice to purify uh, Israel and resume sacrifices like they did in the Old Testament, and then they're going to be pushing for the building of the third temple. So, are we in the end time? Absolutely. Uh, TVP World, another news source, they said Monday marks the 77th anniversary of the establishment of the United Nations. Now, you guys know that I, uh, I study world government. I mean, I've studied that for years and years and years now. It's one of my really my candy sticks that I, that I just, I love studying it because I love exposing what they're doing. But if you, you need to understand the United Nations Charter. 
The United Nations was officially established uh, October 24th, 1945, a couple days ago. And on that date, the United Nations was ratified by uh, China, France, among other nations, China, France, uh, Soviet Union, the United Kingdom of Great Britain, and the United States. Every year, this day is celebrated on as United Nations Day. But the adoption of the United Nations Charter was simply the United States yielding up their, um, not all of their sovereignty, but um, coming under the, agreeing to at least a world governing body, the United Nations. That's exactly what it was. And I could, yeah, I could get way off into Alger Hiss and all that and what happened with the United Nations. I'm not going to take time to do that, but the United Nations was created to be a socialistic, communistic, world-governing body from its inception. And every time I see this United Nations Day, another anniversary of the United Nations Charter, I just think back one more time and I think, I know exactly what you're trying to do. You're establishing yourself as a world-governing body, along with all of your tentacles, uh, World Trade Organization, World Health Organization, the International Criminal Court, everything that goes along with that. There are thousands of employees for the United Nations, and they're creating, they're establishing a one-world governing body. It is the one-world governing body of the end time that the Antichrist will eventually usurp authority over. Okay, let's move on to another one. Um, The Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement in the end time. Found an article a while back from Foreign Policy. An Israeli-Palestinian confederation is the best best path to peace. Well, it states this, that the plan would justify concerns across the political spectrum by tackling the thorniest issues in new ways. Uh, you, You guys know for several decades, Palestinian Israelis have been involved in this peace process, never ending from opposite sides of the divide, right? The two parties made efforts, uh, some honest and some were kind of superficial, let's say, to find solutions to the main issues of the dispute. The delineation of the border between the two states, the future of Jerusalem, the the fate of the Israeli settlements, um, and to some people, the return of Palestinian refugees and the structure of cooperative security arrangements The Temple Mount, I mean, it goes right on down the line. But those would probably be the main ones. And so there are many people that are talking about, hey, how can we solve? The United United Nations talks about it all the time. Uh, um, Europe talks about it. Russia talks about it. The United States talks about it. How could we solve this issue between the Israelis and the Palestinians? The Bible tells us there's going to be a peace agreement in the near future that will... Create a two-state solution. The Jews living out in the West Bank will be allowed to live out there as a Jewish minority. The Temple Mount's going to be placed under a sharing arrangement. The Third Temple will be built, and Israel will retain control of the of all of Jerusalem. It's never going to be divided, all the way until uh, throughout the end time. So that's coming in the near future. They're talking about it. They're talking about a Holy Land Confederation. They have proposed all kinds of stuff. Donald Trump. All the presidents have proposed something. And so, but they haven't got anything across the finish line yet. 
it, I am of the opinion that after World War III, and again, this is opinion, that after World War III, they'll get a peace agreement signed and we move off into the final seven years. They're going to look at Israel and the Palestinians and say, okay, we're done. And the Antichrist will be involved in getting that peace agreement across the finish line. And people will see him as this great peacemaker. But that's not his goal. Remember, the Communist Party USA, they said, hey, we want to um, implement the first stage, socialism, this soft sell, on the, on the way towards a higher face, communism. That's what the Antichrist is going to do. Does he know he's going to be the Antichrist in the beginning? No, I don't think so. He's going to come in, and he's going to be the one that gets the deal done. But there will come a time when his mindset will change. It probably will change when there's a war in heaven, Satan's bound to the earth. He, it's likely that the Satan himself will inhabit the Antichrist, be demon-possessed, because the Bible says that the dragon gave this entity, the world government and its leader, the seat, power, and great authority. So, and the Bible says that people will worship the beast and that they will worship the dragon. Okay? So, man, this stuff's coming down quick, isn't it? A lot of people say, oh, that's just a fairy tale. It's a myth. The Bible, I mean, you can't pay any attention to that. What news have you been reading? You've got to understand these prophecies because this stuff is just happening one right after another. And again, every day, I'm getting 40, 50, 60. Sometimes I get 100 articles from people all over the place. Or just, Dave, look what's going on here. Look at over here. And I've got to weed out what I can't, what I won't have time to talk about that day. And man, we're way off into the end time. My father-in-law told me one time, Urban Baxter, he said, you know, Dave, when I first started this, he said, I'm, I was searching... And back then, they didn't have the Internet. He he was subscribed to all kinds of periodicals and magazines and uh, newspapers and stuff. But he said, I was looking for the fulfillment of a Bible prophecy. I had to search. But nowadays, I'm telling you, everybody, the Internet and all my access to so much information, it just is, I've got stacks of stuff on my desk and in my office of stuff that I need to get to, but I can't because I don't have enough time. So things are happening very, very fast. You say, you're just sensationalizing. Are these articles sensationalism? I don't have to sensationalize anything. We don't do that here at End Time Ministries. We use current events to show how the prophecies are coming to pass right now, letting us know we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon. And hopefully that puts a sense of urgency in you and me that I've got to get myself ready to meet the Lord because it's not going to be very long before he splits those clouds wide open. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
we survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. You're listening to an End of the Age replay. Okay, so let's go to another one. Precursors to the Mark of the Beast. Revelation 13, 16 through 17, Bible says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might uh, buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. I found an article from the Biometric Update that Bill Gates, the Bill Gates Foundation, has committed $200 million to a digital ID and other public infrastructure. It seems like these people are involved in everything, doesn't it? The COVID vaccines and, I mean, just everything. World Economic Forum efforts and just, it's one thing right after another. Buying up all the, the uh, farmland in America, I mean, it's just, what is this guy not involved in, right? And so, the article says the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has renewed its commitment to, to a digital ID, topping up its investment in the space as part of a total package of $1.27 billion, with a B, in support for global health and development projects. The latest funding commitment includes $200 million for digital public infrastructure, which includes digital ID and civil registry databases. The announcement accompanies the sixth annual Goalkeepers Report, which assesses progress towards, here it is, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and it acknowledges by uh, that, by most indicators, the world is well behind the pace needed to achieve them by 2030. The United Nations Sustainable Development Goal number 16, the Sustainable Development Goals are 17 goals. 16, goal 16.9, target 9, sets a goal of universal legal identity by 2030, including birth registration. Everybody on the planet having their own unique digital ID number. Bill Gates just gave $200 million to further that effort. Now, the Sustainable Development Goals, again, a socialistic blueprint to govern every single person on the earth by the United Nations. To do that, they believe that everybody should have their own unique identification number, a digital ID. They're trying to number every person on the planet is what they're doing. The United Nations has an effort to do that. The World Bank, they're all working together to number every single person on the planet. The Bible says in the end time, everybody's going to be given their own unique identification number. They're going to put that mark on their right hand or in their forehead. And without that, they're not going to be able to buy or sell or to function in society. Now, folks, that's a 2,000-year-old prophecy And we're watching it come to pass as we speak. But yet some would say, well, we're not really in the end time. Come on. We're we're way off into the end time. We're just prior. I don't know how many years it is. I know it's a few years. 
But if it was 20 years, that would be a short period of time. I, don't, I honestly don't know if it will be that long. I don't know. I know that once the peace agreement is signed, we've got seven years left. But I don't know how much time we've got left. And I'll never give a date. However, it's very important that we understand we're in the end time and I need to get myself ready. Now, you say, well, hey, you just said i got a few years left. I'll wait till then. Listen, I've had people say that to me and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up. None of us are promised tomorrow morning. What do you mean you're, you're going to wait a few years to get ready with the Lord? Are you out of your mind? None of us are promised tomorrow morning. And I, I've got to make sure I'm ready to go. That's what really the goal of all of this is. Yes, we do spend time on prophecy, and I love studying Bible prophecy. But the number one goal to all of this is that I'm ready to go, my family's ready to go, all the people in my sphere of influence are ready to go, and that we give everybody listening to us and watching us on television, all the Bible studies, all the the global correspondence, the prophecy conferences, everybody, that we make sure you've got a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've been born again, and you're ready to meet Him should He call you home this afternoon or a few years from now. That's the number one thing here. And that's why I'm telling you we're in the end time. We don't have hundreds of years to wait. We've got to put a sense of urgency in people. I need to make right with the Lord, and I've got to keep it right. And the Bible says, He who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And so present your body a living sacrifice. You, we, once, once a person's born again, that's the first step. Then the Bible teaches you to how to live as a Christian post the born again experience. It's not be born again, receive salvation, and then, hey, party on, I can do whatever I want. No, that's not how it works. You've got to live as a Christian beyond that all the way to the end. The Bible's very clear. The Bible says all things have... Um, uh, all things are behind us now. All things are become new. That old life, that's, good. that's done away with. Repentance means to turn away from. Okay? Doesn't mean to go repent and then say, okay, I did that, now I'm going to go back and do whatever I want. No, that's not how it works. Yeah, repentance, turn away from. Okay? I'm supposed to be talking about prophecy today, but there's this huge teaching out there that I can, I, once I get salvation I can just go do whatever I want that's not scriptural I don't see that anywhere in the Bible the Bible when the woman in adultery she was caught in the act of adultery they brought her before Jesus and he said he bent down he wrote in the they said hey the Old Testament law says we should stone her she was caught in the act of adultery and the Lord bends down starts writing in the sand a lot of people believe I don't know this the Bible doesn't tell us but a lot of people believe he was writing the sins of those that stood around him. And when he looks up from writing, they're all gone. And he said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, I don't have any. And the Lord said, neither do I condemn you. But then he says, this is very key. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go thy way and sin no more. He didn't say, oh, I've forgiven you. Now you can go back and do whatever you want. He did not say that. He said, I'm not going to condemn you, but you go and you don't do it anymore because I'm, I am, it's, this is a whole new thing we're doing here. 
And remember, he was preparing us for a new covenant that he was uh, bringing in. And so it's very imperative that um, we make sure that, hey, once I'm born again, once I'm saved, I don't go back to my old lifestyle. This is a whole new ball game now. And uh, I've turned away from all that. that. That was when I repented. Turn away from. And now, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. And I'm going to live for you the rest of the days of my life. You've got me. I'm on your hands. I'm giving my life to you. The Bible says, present your body a living sacrifice. Lord, I'm all yours. I'm bought and paid for by what you did on Calvary. And now, I'm a Christian. And I'm living for you. Not living for myself anymore. I did that prior to me repenting. And prior to me being born again. Now all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm a new Dave Robbins now. Back then, I did whatever I wanted. Once I'm born again, I do what you want. Okay? That's Christianity 101, folks. And, you know, maybe we should do some classes and things on that. I mean, if you go to in, through End of the Age, Irvin Baxter will teach you through all that. End of the Age Plus and uh, Jerusalem Prophecy College. And let me give a plug for those real quick. Into the H+. There is some killer material on there. And we've got some new stuff. This Prophecy Weekend coming up. uh, All that stuff's going to be on Into the H+. And we've got a lot lined up. We're going to be giving a lot of new material on there. If you have not signed up, subscribe to Into the H+. Man, I would do that. Access to all of our products for like $12.99 a month. And then... What a great soul-winning tool that has been. Wow. We've got thousands of people subscribed to that. And we're not censored. None of our materials on there are censored. So it's really cool. And we got some really neat new stuff coming up on there. And then the Jerusalem Prophecy College. Go subscribe to that. Uh, enroll. Go to your first semester and want to make sure that you get in touch with what all's going on. And, and these things can take you. You say, well, I know a lot about the Bible. Listen. I have taught Bible studies for years, but every time I've been through that material, I'm like, man, this is revolutionary. Irvin Baxter's teaching me things. I mean, I catch something every time I go through it. You can never get to the bottom of the Bible, never. You say, well, I don't really have a hunger for that. You probably should get one because your eternal salvation is based on that book. And so I need to probably crack that open every once in a while and read that. Okay. Whew, i got to get back on prophecy. Um, i got a couple minutes left. Give me one more. Okay, so the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire. The, the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire uh, in November of 2009 with the signing of the Lisbon Treaty. It's a fulfillment of a 2,500-year-plus prophecy again, Daniel. We talked about the feet of iron mingled with clay on Nebuchadnezzar's vision. And it was the fifth empire, the final empire that would rule the world at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Holy Roman Empire. Not the Roman Empire, but the Holy Roman Empire. The current European Union is the Holy Roman Empire. And so Modern Diplomacy, a news source, they published an article. Europe, the idea of a European superstate and public justification and European integration. It was a book review. And it said this, the idea of a European superstate uh, this public justification of European integration is a book written by Glenn Morgan, the basic idea of which 
as the name suggests, is to provide a justification for the political integration of Europe and why it should uh, integrate itself even further. The motive of the author, as he mentions himself in the, in the preface, it, uh, behind the book is to solve the puzzle, the puzzle of, Euro, of Europe, Euroskeptics and the justification for the political integration of Europe. The last three chapters are uh, primarily focused on Morgan's own justifications for the tighter integration of Europe, and this is the part where majorly he poses his own arguments and thoughts. He discusses in chapter 5 how security should be the main justification behind the idea of the European Union, and according to him, in the 21st century, security shouldn't be just be in the terms of a nation-states, but it, should, it must be citizens that should be protected and secured. So remember, Strobe Talbot, we need to move off of the citizen or the nation states. He says in the next chapter that he argues about post-sovereignty, doing away with the nation state, yielding up your sovereignty. He deals with post-sovereignty in the book, and he discusses theor- uh, theories, and he argues that theories by each of them understate the impact of post-sovereignty that it can have on integral or internal and external society of the state. Post-sovereignty, everybody. And so what's he talking about here? Moving, you understand that the European project, the European Union is all about getting the states to yield up their sovereignty to the parliament building in Brussels, Belgium, and creating a small uh, global government, if you will. That's the model of global government on the earth. Then they want the rest of the earth to model after that, and they're trying to perfect that right now. An integrated Europe. No tariffs, uh, and you just, you know, you, there, there's no borders. And so that's what they're trying to create. A holy Roman Empire, the current European Union, is that project prophesied about 2,500 years ago to be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Got so much more to go through with you today. Not going to have time. Thank you for joining me. And hey, we're answering the question, are we in the end time? Absolutely. I've given you proof after proof today. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.